So we're in our sermon series and today my sermon title, for lack of a better word, or subtitle, it's called Prayer. Let's talk honestly. And it's a beautiful thing because I shared this with the CG and there's something that, brought in, that the Lord brought into my remembrance when it came to Adam and Eve. And it always starts in the beginning how interesting it is. Because at the end of the day, before we even had the word prayer, what Adam and Eve had with God was conversation. We jump into, you know, he created them and we jump into the next chapter, the fall of man. But we don't know how much time actually lapsed between creating them and, and the fall. But it's conversation that Adam and Eve had with God. And I can imagine how things must have went, right? Because everything was so new. Everything was new. Everything was new. Everything was beautiful. Everything was just created. And, and they had these conversations with God. So I think sometimes the word prayer may intimidate us a little bit, but it's really just having a conversation with the one who created you. It's the same thing as mother to child, father to son. It's the same exact thing. And I think that sometimes we get lost in, in, in the word prayer and it kind of becomes intimidating. I, I, I hear a lot of people who say, hey, I don't know how to pray. And, but if we look at it as just a conversation, we converse with people every day. And it's the same thing that God wants from us. He just wants to converse with you. He wants to hear your thoughts. He wants to hear who you are. He wants to think about what you're thinking about. He wants to know what you're thinking about. He wants to incline his ear to what you're saying. We're going to pray. We're going to read scripture. I'm going to share with you a funny story that you guys are going to find hilarious. And then we're going to talk about praying honestly. Amen. Lord, we bless you and we thank you, oh God, for your mercies are new every day. And Lord, we honor you this morning, oh God, and we pray and we worship you and we lift you up in this place, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that we have the privilege to enter into your presence, oh God. Father, that we wouldn't know what we would do without you, oh Lord. We don't know what we were, where we would be, where we would go, oh God. I thank you, though, Lord, that you are not just a creator who created us and took a step back, oh God, but you are a creator, a father, a friend, a comforter, oh God. And you care about us. And you want to know about our day. And you want to know what we go through. And you want to take every step with us as if you are cheering us on. Father, I thank you that we can speak openly and honestly with you about whatever it is that we are feeling. Father, and I ask you that your words, oh God, may fall on these hearts, oh God, and penetrate, oh God. Father God, that it may not be me, but that it may be you. And I do this all for your glory, oh God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to open up or light up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. And this um, story here is a very, uh, it's a famous story, right? This is right before, we, before Jesus gets betrayed. And he goes to pray in Gethsemane. And there were some things that, and, and we know there's been thousands, if not millions of sermons on this particular uh, verse, on these particular verses. But there was something that stood out to me that really, really showed how much God cares for us and how much Jesus was 100% human and 100% divine. Does that make sense? And he goes like this, and says, then Jesus went to, to the place called Gethsemane. This is after the Last Supper, after he already knew who was going to betray him, after he knew, after he told the disciples, listen, they're going to come and get me, and you're going to scatter. 
And after he, after he told Peter, you're going to deny me? And Peter was like, never, Lord. And he's like, Peter, I'm telling you that you're going to deny me. When all these things occur, all, all those other things are going to set in motion. And he goes and he prays and he says, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking, him with, and taking with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee, he began to, sorrowful, to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Not, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And it brought me back to this um, thought of be, about being honest with, in prayer and being honest in your conversations. And let's all face it, right? We've all had thoughts that uh, maybe shouldn't come out of our mouths, right? Right? That's, yes, right? <laughs> I thought I was the only one. So, of course, because I'm married is the first thing that comes into my head. And I'm like, you know, women, we always ask these questions to the men. And Pastor Will has mentioned, you know, how do I look in this? You know, and the men always say beautiful, you know, but that might not be what's going through their heads, right? Not, except for my husband. My husband is always uh, truthful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And when you're cut off by somebody, when a coworker, you know, offends you at work, you're not honest about how you feel, right? You bottle it up inside and you say, oh, I'm fine. No, don't worry about it. It's okay. But those emotions rage within us but we don't show us any sign of those emotions. But within us, they are cutting us little by little. It's like me, when I get home from work, and sometimes, I'm gonna disclaim here, John is just sitting on the sofa. I don't know about you ladies, but I like to, when I start cooking, I like the sink to be clean. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and the stove. So sometimes I get home and the dishes from the morning rush are still sitting in the sink, and John sometimes gets home before I do. So he gets home, I walk into the door, right, rushing, because I know I have to cook, and the kids have to do homework, and all this other craziness. And then I look, and I'm like, oh, nobody did the dishes yet. And I'm not taking away from the time that he's supposed to spend after work, right, but he needs to unwind. But if you've been sitting home for an hour and a half, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Where in the past, I used to, nag at him and, 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 and be like, really? Like, I can't believe this. And then that just throws me off too, right, for the rest of the night. I just started saying, all right, Lord, I guess I'm washing dishes. And I walk over to the sink. And then I talk to the Lord, honestly. <laughs> and I give him all my thoughts. And he has, John has no clue because he's sitting on the sofa, right? And I haven't said a word, right? Because everything's raging within me, but no signs of emotion. And I've learned that it's okay to give God those thoughts, right? And then God goes on to nudge Lee and remind me, hey, Grace, hey, don't forget, right? And I'm like, all right, Lord, you got this. I'm going to wash the dishes. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing to be able to share that and give that burden up to the Lord. And, and, and then I have my children. We have pictures, Amir? of my babies, there they are. Yes, that's a once in a lifetime picture. And uh, no, seriously, you guys don't know. 
And one night, you know, we pray with our children every time we go to bed, before we go to bed, and we lay them down. And so one night, I, I, they're bickering back and forth. I hear them back and forth for like a good 10 minutes, just bickering and bickering and bickering. And I'm like, Lord, this can't be it right here, right? So I said, all right, guys, it's time to go to bed. Let's go. Everybody, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We got to go to bed. We got to pray. We got to go to bed. So they go lay down. You know, Amariah's fussing because, you know, that's what she does for right now until we teach her better. She's upset because her blanket doesn't do what, it wants, what she wants it to do. The other one's upset because the pillow is not fluffed up a certain way. You know, these are my night routines here, right? So I said, hey, guys, we have to pray. And, and, you know, they're fighting back and forth. And I'm like, lay down. It's time to relax. Let's, let's go to bed. And Amariah, of course, always, I want to pray first. I want to pray first. And then Jeremiah's like, but why does she get to pray first? This is my life. Every night, seven days a week. Come to my house. Anytime at 8 o'clock, this is what you're going to find. So she starts praying because I'm like, Jeremiah, just let her pray first because then she won't let us, you know, move forward. So she starts praying. And she goes like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Bless me and not Jeremiah. <laughs> and Jeremiah in turns looks at her and he's like, seriously? And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, Amariah, that is not nice, right? It's not nice. You don't say that about your brother. And she went about her business, and she was like, in Jesus' name, amen. I said, okay. I don't know how much that's going to be honored, but okay. I'll take it. And that's, but the beauty, as I started thinking about it, the beauty of it is, is what she was feeling. She knew to go to her heavenly father and let, and let, and let that burden lay there. She was upset. She was upset with her brother for whatever reason. I don't even know what they were bickering about. But she knew that all that emotion she had in her, that she can go to her daddy and say, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. Bless me and not him because he's acting up in not so many words. And that's the beauty of being like children, right? That's the beauty of being able to do that. And let's be honest here as we're speaking about the word honesty. There's a fear in honesty, there's a fear that we have in being honest because it exposes the innermost parts of us depending on the situation. Someone hurts us, we don't want to say that out loud. We need to, we tell ourselves we need to keep it together. If you're someone like me, personally, sharing feelings for me is not easy. It's not easy at all. As a matter of fact, it's only been about two, maybe two years out of my 35 years of walking on this earth that I've realized that the feelings that I have, it's okay to have them. And that's no joke. When I first went to, um, I, I went to counseling briefly, and she's like, she asked me one simple question, how do you feel? I don't know what to say to her. I said, what do you mean feel? There's no such thing in my vocabulary. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm, no, no, sorry. You can check that off the list, I don't have those. We're taught that crying isn't an option, that we need to tough it out. Life and others teach you that, right? If whatever your mom and your dad don't teach you, life will teach you. I work at a place and, and I, all I hear is, you need to stop crying, don't worry about this, suck it up, keep it moving. And in my mind, I'm like, we are just 
not, we're not properly teaching others that that's not the way to handle things because God never intended that to look that way. He wants to know. And when we do those things, we shut people down from actually sharing. And God, and God is so gracious that he wants to know every little bit of your detail. You see, Jesus in this place in Gethsemane, he, he, this was after everything, right? After the supper, after he had been walking with them for 33 years, after he knew the agony that was going to happen, right? After he knew that he was going to have to give himself up for us, for people who are ungrateful. This was after the, the feast began and he knew that he was going to be the last perfect sacrifice for his people. This was after he knew that Judas was going to betray him in the last supper. This was after he knew that Peter was going to deny him, the disciples would abandon him. And I could imagine that Jesus was caught up in this mental space because at the same time he was God, but he was also 100% human. And I can imagine Jesus at Gethsemane as he is telling the Lord, Lord, if this cup can pass from me. And he's thinking to himself, maybe somebody else can do this. Maybe somebody else can step in here. Maybe I don't want to die. Maybe I don't want to go through this with a people who I don't know whether they're going to accept me or not anyway. We fast forward 2,000 years later, and there's some people here who still haven't even acknowledged that Jesus is the Christ. Maybe those thoughts ran through his brain while he was sitting there in his conversation with the Lord and saying, hey, if we can get this to give it to somebody else, let's do it. And what's interesting to me is that I found, so this is, occurs in three of the Gospels. And in, in Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, it only speaks about where he goes to the disciples three times. I don't think I gave this to you, Amir, so don't worry about it. He goes to the disciples three times. He tells them that he's in agony, and he goes to pray. And he tells the Lord what he says. He goes back to the disciples, and he says, hey, I told you guys to watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation, and you guys are sleeping. And then he goes back. And he prays again. The Bible says that he did this three times. That he prayed the same prayer three times. And he went to the disciples three times. And sometimes that's what happens to us. We have these emotions and these feelings and we want to talk to the person who hurt us or who did back to us or who has backstabbed us. And it falls on deaf ears because they're just asleep. They're not paying attention and you say, hey, this hurt me, this bothered me, this is, this is, this is what's going on within me. And, you know, people, people are people. Sometimes they get preoccupied. Sometimes they, they, they don't realize it. Sometimes they don't understand you. But isn't it beautiful to know that we have a God who wants to know every detail of your life, every thought that you go through, every step that you take, every emotion that you flows through you, whether it's love or hate or laughter or whether you want to have something for dinner or whether you don't know what you want to make for dinner. But God is so into the detail and if you don't believe me look up the skies the stars the clouds the portraits of sunsets Sheila shared with us this beautiful sunset the other day that she showed us from her phone from her job detail detail to color detail to the pinks to the purples if he orchestrates all of those things 
then why do we doubt and why do we hide in our conversations with him when we can really just let it all out? He is there and he is willing and he wants to hear you. The other interesting thing is I said this was in three Gospels, but in the Gospel of Luke, it says this. And, and it blew me away because I never caught it, which, first of all, Luke is a doctor, but he also made sure that he concerned himself with the supernatural, right? So he goes like this. He goes, Luke's, Luke's, in Luke's Gospel, it says that Jesus, when he prayed, and he said, Lord, if not my will, if not, not my will, but your will be done. And then it says, and an angel of heaven came down and strengthened him. It is in that place where our honesty and we're open communication with the Lord in our weaknesses. It is in that place where the strength of the Lord lifts you up. It is that place where the Lord says, hey, you can't do it, but I can do it with you. It is in that place where he says, hey, I love you so much that I'm going to step down into your space. And I'm going to give you the strength to rise above this. And I truly believe that if something like that wouldn't have occurred with Jesus, there was no way that he would have walked out his mission. And I'm not saying that he wouldn't have, but it's almost interesting because as a human, it just didn't make sense. As a human, it wouldn't make sense for Jesus to walk it out and die for a people who may or may not know him or may or may not accept him. For a people who he wasn't sure, but he did it in love for God first and then for us. And he did it to honor his father and then he did it to rescue us. It is interesting to me that he, it says he strengthened him. And Jesus was just being honest. But it's funny because he got into that place of your will, not mine. And it's an interesting turn of events because he was strengthened and he says, and, and, these, and he was strengthened after he said it. He was strengthened. And in, in your situations that you go through in your life, if you tell the Lord, you know what, Lord, I'm not sure about this, but if you're, this is your will, then amen. If this is your will, then this is, this, I know you're going to sustain me. I know you're going to carry me. I know you're going to embrace me. I know you're going to love me. This is what I know you're going to do. And, and, and Jesus came to that place. Hey, not your will, but not my will, but your will. And you strengthen me. And we become like these people who look erratic, who are, you're really trusting in the Lord for that? I'm not sure you should trust in the Lord for that. No, 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 no. You don't understand the conversations I've had with my father. You don't understand that I have placed my whole dependency on him. You don't understand that he is never changing. He never changes. He never loses out. He never loses a battle. You don't understand. This is the, this is the conversation I have with my father who has sustained me since before I was knitted in the womb, that he has sustained this is the beginnings of the earth that he has held me together this is the conversations I have with my father and Jesus knew that God was listening and because he cares for every detail of our lives 1 Peter 5 6 and 7 says this therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service. At the appropriate time, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares with you with deepest affection and watches over you carefully. He cares. And Jesus understood this. And Jesus understood that God wasn't shaken by what he was saying. 
He understands that we're human. And it's so interesting because Jesus was perfect in all his ways, and yet he, and he still was able to be honest. Sometimes I feel like we feel like if we, sh- we share these things with God, like if he's going to be like, oh, no, child, you can't be thinking like that. This is not the way this is supposed to go. No, that, that, that's a lie. God wants to know. He wants to know because it's in that place that we find ourselves in the dependency of him and him alone. It is in that place where we rely on him and him alone. It is in that place that we say, God, you are my God. You are the only one and you're everything to me. And I, and I know that you are the one who will hold me together. And I know that no matter what comes my way, no matter what ocean arises, no matter what infirmity I may have, that you are the one who are holding my hand because you have me in your hand. And Lord, that you think about me daily, day in and day out, the Lord thinks about you. And he wants to know. Those are things that others who don't know your dad don't understand. And the truth of the matter is that us as humans place our standards on God. You know, I for one grew up without a father. We spoke about this in CG. I for one grew up without a dad. I don't know what a father is supposed to look like. I have my godfather think, and, I think, and I'm thankful for him. But he had his own family. So it's one of those things where you're like, what is this actually supposed to look like? So when somebody comes to you and says, listen, God cares about every hair on your head, about every ache in your bones, about everything that you want to do, about your desires, you, don't, you can't comprehend it. But isn't it beautiful that we have an example in Jesus Christ? It's a beautiful example in Jesus Christ that we know that God wants to know. He wants to know. And he goes, and he cares about you, and this is me, he goes, and I say, you the person, you, your circumstances surrounding you, you, what makes you hurt, you, what makes you laugh, you, what motivates you, you, your funny bone, you, what preoccupies your mind, you, what makes you smile, you, what makes you cry, you, what you're thinking about for dinner, you, the dreams you have, you, your desires, you. He wants to know about you. He wants to know in our honest conversations with him what is going on. And there's a freedom in that. There's a freedom because there's a transfer. There's a transfer of our weaknesses for his strength. There's a transfer for our ashes for his beauty. There's a transfer there. There's a transfer in this dependency upon God that he, he's like, yeah, depend on me because I will never forsake you. Though, and it's funny because in the, in the Bible it talks about, you know, your mother and your father may forsake you. I never will. And, yeah, that's what he's saying. Like, I want to know about you because even though they don't care about those things, I'm telling you that I care. Because every part of you belongs to me. And every part of you I want to know about. And every part of you I want to see. And I can create and I've created you in such a way that it's okay for us to have these honest conversations. You're not up for it, let me know. Let's dig deeper, let's find out what's really going on. Let's find out why, let's find out what's going on. And it's not that he's gonna shame you, it's not he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna think different of you, that's not, that's not what the point is. The point is, is, hey, if you give me this, I, you allow me to work in this. And if you allow me to work in this, I will lift you up. I will lift you up in, the, that's per, in a perfect time that you will be able to bless Lift me up and bless others. That's what he's saying. 
And we learned this the hard way, right? Guilty. Hard way. Seven years of my back to church, back to God life, I walked in this bubble of having everything kept together. That's what I did. I got it. I got it. So I wouldn't share things with my husband. I wouldn't share things with my friends. I wouldn't share, you know, I would bottle it up, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. And the same thing I did with God, not because he didn't know. He was, he's such a gentleman that he was waiting for me to give him the access. Until eventually I hit my breaking point. And I cried out to the Lord. And my simple words were this. They weren't fancy, guys. They weren't fancy, I promise you. The only thing I told the Lord is, how much longer do I have to hold on to this pressure? That was it. At that moment, there was a moment of weakness where his strength built me up. And even going through that moment, I was able to praise him and know that, yeah, I just gave you all these pressures, but you're still good. And you're still the one. And that moment changed my course of my life for the next two years until today. Then I'm able not to go honestly in front of the Lord and say, hey, I don't know what's going on, but you know what's going on. I don't know why this is occurring, but you know why this is occurring. And you hold everything in your hands. You control all things. And I, and, I take, and I take my solace in that. My hope is in that. You know, the worship song on the third, you know, all my hope, there's a hope that is the anchor for my soul. And that is the hope that we have. That we can be honest with the Lord. We can be honest with our Father. And he will sustain us. King David... And the Psalms, if everybody who knows who King David is, he was, he was a good king, and, um, but he was a king after God's own heart. And if you ever read through the Psalms, he goes through it. He goes through the Psalms. He goes through his words, his emotions, and it was something beautiful about him. And, and in Psalm 55, I, I found this, and I was like, wow, Lord, like, this is amazing because it's not about questioning God. It's just being honest with God, right? And he says, listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying because of the threats of the wicked. For they bring down suffering on me and assail me in, my, in, me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. He was being chased down by somebody he thought was his best friend. And it's crazy because the very first line, he's like, hear me, oh God, do not ignore me. And that's how we feel sometimes. We feel like the Lord is ignoring us. But it's funny because he felt like the Lord was ignoring him, but he went on with his, prayer, with his conversation, <laughs> right? Because it's just a moment of feeling. It's a moment that you're feeling. And it's so beautiful because he says, if you go further down, it's a long, it's a long uh, verse. And in verse 16, he says to me, he goes, ask for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. This is the same exact psalm. I just jumped down from 5 to 16. 
In 17, he says, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. But wait a minute, weren't you just saying in verse 1 that you're thinking that maybe the Lord is ignoring you? And then he says, cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. David walked through his emotions in an honest conversation with the Lord. That's what he did. And that's really all the Lord is seeking from us is to be honest. Because at the end of it all, verse 23, he says this. There's some things in the beginning. And then at the very last line, he says, David makes a declaration. goes, but as for me, I trust in you. He walked through all his emotion. And that's okay. We can do that. We can say, Lord, she made me angry. I can't believe this happened to me. What is going on here? I don't see your hand here. I don't hear your voice. I don't understand. But what's going on? But, you know, but they're doing better than me. But look at what she did and look what she's doing now. And she's the one who has all of this. And he's the one who has all of that. And, man, are you really going to bless them, Lord? Seriously? No, no, no. Bless me, not them. You know, get the Amariah syndrome. You know, bless me, not them, Lord. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And as you continue to give your honesty unto the Lord, it's in those moments where your prayer, your, your conversation will change. And you will say, I know you hear me. I know you save me. I call on you and you hear my voice. I'm casting all of these cares on you, Lord. Forgive me, but I know you hold me together. I know you'll never let the righteous be shaken. And you make a declaration, regardless of whatever is happening, I will trust in you. Yeah. Honesty is best policy. With the Lord, honesty is best policy. Because it's in that place where he can mold you. It's in that place where you're sharing with him whatever's going on. And he's like, all right, yeah, yeah, that happened to you. This occurred to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I am. But I am. I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the last. I am. I am the perfecter of your faith. I am. As the worship team starts to come up, I want, if anything that's left here with you guys and it's resounding and it's just have conversations with your daddy. He will meet you where he is, where you are. Every pain you felt, every anguish you go through, he'll meet you there. You don't believe me? Let's go back to Christmas Day. Christmas Day is the epitome and the start of him meeting us where we are. His birth into this world is the beginning of that. He wanted to come close. He wanted to let you know that he can, that he can feel what you're going through. He wanted to let you know that he's been through what you're going through. Jesus says it, Lord, if this is not for me, hey, take it. He had his moment, and he was honest in conversation with his dad. I encourage you guys 
to continue your conversations with your dad. He cares for you. He wants to know about you. He wants to be with you. Don't concern yourself with those things going around you and those who don't, maybe don't have time to listen to you. Don't concern yourself with those who have taught you differently. Don't concern yourself with those who say you're really trusting in the Lord for that. Be like the psalmist and declare it. But as for me, I will trust in you. Jesus goes on to say, and we all know the story, he gets betrayed after that. Of course, everything that he knew was going to happen with Peter and the disciples and Judas occurred. But he told the Lord, hey, not my will, yours. And as you become honest with your father, those words you will mimic as well. Not my will, Lord, yours. Let's bow our heads.